Hey everyone, it's Garage Talk again. It's Conrad and of course Ted. We're gonna rock and roll tonight. Yep, let's go. Let's go. We got Victor Canales with us, a very seasoned human being in (laughs) behind the plate. I think that's old. I think (laughs) I just said was old. (laughs) Please uh, let's tell everyone just a little bit about uh, Victor and, and give us some of your resume. Okay, well, um, first, I wish I could say I was really old. I'm not. I'm 47. Uh, I've been doing uh, sports officiating for 33 years. I never expected to do it as a career, but quite honestly, out of desperation, I lost the job, and I had always been an official, and it became, hey, you're really good at this. Maybe you should try and do higher levels. So I've been lucky enough to make a, a now make a pretty good living officiating specifically college softball, but I also do college basketball, college soccer, high school soccer, high school basketball, um, things of that nature. Uh, from Decatur, Indiana, which is a, some – all the Indiana people will know where that is. Yeah. You know, but we, uh, yeah, we if do. Anyone, anyone from outside of your area that's listening is going to try and put me in Illinois because <laughs> that's what they always do when they say Decatur. Uh, this is, I think I said it, but it's just in case I didn't, this is my 33rd season of officiating. Uh, again, at 47 years old, I, I started doing it because somebody told me they paid me $14 in quarters so I could play Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> and that's honestly why wow. I started. I remember it was $14, it was $12 plus $2 if I got there to line the field. Is this wow. concession stand money? It was amazing because I would ride my 10 speed, which I I I can remember to this day getting on my tits, and then my uh, my battery mate from Little League Baseball they got him to do it. So we started racing each other to get there to line the field to get the extra two dollars. <laughs> and they finally they liked us so much they said, "Look, we'll give you both the extra two dollars. Yeah, right? Just go. take turns doing it." Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do for US U Triple S A. For U-Triple-S-A, I am the National Fast Pitch UIC, so I am over the entire country. Uh, I am also over Canada, uh, Mexico, any of the places that we expand to. Uh, I am in charge of training, charge of administration, trying to pick the best umpires from across the country, bring them all together for the national events, Uh, pretty much all the direction of that. So... I also I found out that having my email out there is maybe not the greatest thing <laughs> because every parent has my email, and you'd be surprised how many times I get an email about the umpire on field four at the John Jenkins uh, complex, which, you know, we all know where that is. I, I mean, I personally know where it is. Uh, <laughs> But but he's a terrible umpire. He doesn't know the, the the difference between obstruction and interference. And I say, okay, can you tell me that? And half the time they say, yeah, obstruction is on the offense and and interference is on the defense. And I go, okay, well, then this conversation's over because you're completely incorrect. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's kind of what I do, uh, I guess, in a nutshell. That's – yeah, that, that covers it. <laughs> How different uh, – is 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 it the way you umpire a U Triple S A game and a divi- and a Division One game, or is there no difference? Okay, so because I, I know one's kids, you know. Well, 
they're you know, both kids. Here's here's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, I, I've gotten to a certain level as an official, and one of the things that my mentors always told me was, you know, you need to enjoy what you're doing, and I do. My father taught me that. He was an umpire. Uh, Bill Gamalik, um, Michael Mazur, Mary Taylor, Kathy Graff, you know, Doug Zimmerman, all these people, they told me all that. You need to enjoy what you're doing. But if you want to rise to the level that you, you know, where you want to get, which to me wasn't even necessarily to do the World Series. It's just to keep making the best money I can make and, and continue to be in a position to use that to influence um, more officials coming up and, and hopefully people around us. But you have to treat every game like it's the most important game in the world because nobody cares what I've done, right? When I go out on the field, there's no 10U parent who's you know going to sit down and go, well, we need to get his autograph. Nobody cares. I'm just <laughs> an umpire. But they do care if their kid isn't getting a good effort. And it's a lot easier for me to just turn it on and keep it on than to try and turn it off and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's like loving your loving your kids. You, it's, there's times when you want to turn it off. Right. You didn't take the garbage out, but you can't. Right. You exactly. still love them no matter what. <laughs> it, makes, it, makes me a, it makes me a better official, and that's what I'm trying to tell a lot of people. But it is hard. It's, there, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and we kind of touched on it before before we uh, came on. But, you know, uh, I was going to ask, the upswing in, in negative fan interaction, and, and you, you, were, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's not so much, and, and this is what we were talking about, was it, it's not so much that it's happening more often. Right, mm-hmm. and if you really look at it, there's thousands of games played. Every if you take any given Saturday, you, this Saturday coming up, there'll be slow pitch, fast pitch, baseball, basketball, hockey, wrestling. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff, and I'm all the other sports that we can name, tennis. There's that, that are that are being officiated. If you think about it, we probably have well over a million different games being played. Mm-hmm. We have three videos up there of somebody being, you know, a, a cheeseburger is what the Offsides mm-hmm. uh, podcast calls it, cheeseburgers, oh. instead of calling them a more negative name. And it, the problem is that one time, you know, it, it's like playing with it's like playing with a loaded gun. You know, it's sure it's fun until you accidentally shoot yourself, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. But, but why people are getting like that, I don't know. But I think in the in the age of social media, people are just being called out more. You know, everybody has a cell phone. We're all of a certain age. There's a lot of things we did that we're glad we don't have cell phones mm-hmm. of our high school career. True. I mean, I, I can neither confirm nor deny there might be a Polaroid <laughs> of me playing basketball in my underwear. <laughs> but, you know, everything is out there now. So these, these parents... Uh, you know, it's 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 gonna come back and to haunt them, and it makes it harder to recruit officials because they think that's the norm. You know, honestly, I've had, you know, and I, I know I have a, a little bit different level of uh, fandom um, 
but I've had very few negative interactions in the last couple of weeks with fans, but I, I've seen it happen, right? We, I think we need to change the narrative a little bit. Yes, people should try and understand that we're humans. <laughs> um, I, as much as I want the game to be officiated well, I, I certainly never have an agenda. I don't show up and think, boy, I really want team A to beat team B. I, I don't, that's not even in my, my concept. Most of the time, I get behind the plate, for instance, especially at a youth game, and think, okay, I really want to work on seeing the outside pitch. I'm working on stuff just like the players are. Mm-hmm. And I think if parents would realize that I do this for a living and I'm still working on stuff, when you grab a kid out of the stands and put them out there and say, hey, we're going to give you a shirt, try not to wear your hat backwards, but we all know some of them do, Mm -hmm. and we give them that big balloon, and then they start calling strikes and you're screaming at them. It's very difficult for those kids to to want to continue to do this. No, definitely. That's... Well, like you said, you're you're training yourself as you're doing this, mm-hmm. which you know that's what I was taught back when I used to officiate. You know, the association I was in, their big thing was look good, mm-hmm. make it look good, be definite on the call I make, and we were also taught that it don't matter what age group it is, go out there and act like these kids are playing for the state championship. You officiate like that's what that game is for these kids. It's the most important game on your field at that moment. Right. And here's the other thing, right? Like, it's it's still fun. I mean, when this all happens, okay, I was doing a, a Division One championship game a couple of years ago, and everybody was intense. The fans were going crazy. You know, oh, whoever wins this. It was a mid-major, so whoever won got to go to the NCAA tournament. Okay. If you lose, you're going to go in nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the time that we're doing this, you know, the shortstop kept looking over at me, and, and she finally said, I've seen you a lot. You've gained a little weight. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said, well, this seems like an inappropriate time for you to say <laughs> And she goes, you seem really uptight. I just wanted you to relax. <laughs> I like kids like that. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. the kid, it's still a fun thing. I enjoy being out there. And even even when things get crazy, it's it's a competitive urge for me. But I enjoy being out there because not only am I interacting with the kids, and most of the time the kids are great, right? I mean, every once in a while, they're just like everybody else. If you take 99 uh, out of 100, that one sticks out in your mind that's bad, but 99 of them are just fun to, do, right. to deal with. They're out there having yeah. a good time. yeah. It, we we've put a uh, inordinate amount of of import of importance on winning and losing, mm-hmm. you know. And especially in my sport, there's really no professional league. There is they've got a few things that they're trying, but we're talking about fifty people mm-hmm. in the country. And when I deal with parents at these youth tournaments, every once in a while I have some people that will actually ask me questions and I go, you have to understand being good, even in just the state, you have to beat not only everybody your age across the country, but somebody a year younger than you and a year older than you. Right. 
That's hard to do. Oh, you know, definitely. Get, that's not me, is it? Uh-oh. Ted's getting yeah, a phone call. Ted's getting a phone call. He's that guy at yeah. the, uh, at the uh, show that we go, hey, hey, turn off your cell phone yeah. before the movie starts. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, there's always that one. I had it, I had it on mute, I thought. I'm sorry. I apologize. Darn. You know, and going back to what you were saying, uh, when, they, when they put that importance of winning and losing – they, they they started pretty young. Yeah. We're, we're talking 8U. Mm-hmm. They're putting that pressure on that child. And, you know, good for them. They love their kids, right? Like, yeah. And this is something I've told a parent before. Hey, I, I like your kid, too. Your kid's a great kid, mm-hmm. you know. And they're out there, and they're smiling, they're having fun, and they, they want to please you. And you're screaming at them. And when I say that to them, I say, look at your child's face. That's an 8U player. Mm-hmm. She, she's more than happy to have ice cream after this game, and she will never, ever remember this particular right, game. Right, right. This is the third pool game of the day <laughs> on a Saturday in yeah. Columbus, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. My, my youngest is, is, is 11 now, and I, she has no clue. She does not – she has no memory – single that she had in town and country to win mm-hmm. you know she's like i did what yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. like yeah it was so incredible it was just a little blooper it it didn't even roll you know it it amazes me and and my brother was a much better athlete than me i was a pretty good athlete i played college baseball he he had he played college baseball and he was also uh recruited to play um, Division One basketball at the University of Dayton. So he was wow. a real, real good athlete, and I was a pretty good athlete. I'm still better looking than him in case he <laughs> listens to this. But, um, but when we talk about stuff, my brother doesn't even really care about sports anymore uh, to the point that I, I think the only reason he cares about sports is because he buys a lot of trading cards okay. and gets, and you know, oh, this is Jay Morant. Okay, if I get that graded, it's going to make me some money. Uh-huh. But you know, doesn't really care. I obviously care because I still do the stuff, but I can't remember other than big, big wins. Like we won a sectional when I was a senior. Okay. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the game other than we had a a rain delay. I do remember hanging out with now Dr. Scott Colclasier. My cousin Lance was our left fielder, you know, because it was just, it was the atmosphere as a camaraderie. That's why I, that's why I did it. Yeah. So, so the mute button is apparently. <laughs> uh oh, Ted. Is it the wife? Ted's showing or his age. Or is it the girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> or have they figured out hey, it's each other? They know the, about Ted, the other one. Ted, it looks like you've answered it. Man. <laughs> his face is turning red. Yeah. Oh, I've been discovered. <laughs> I'm gonna have to show him how to work his phone. When we it's get never the good. Air. It's never good when the wife and the girlfriend call at the same time. <laughs> you gotta give. You gotta have two different phones. One well, for each of them. What? What I was trying to figure out who I'm with. <laughs> why? Why do they say you're? Why do they say you're at Conrad's house when you're not? <laughs> Conrad's sitting next to me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I apologize. 
No, but, you know, going back to it, though, I just, it, it, it amazes me how much importance we put on it. Yeah. And, and it's it's good because passion is important, and it's good to get kids to understand that you got to put your heart into some stuff. And, and But, I, again, I, I don't think at a certain age it becomes something that you strive for. 14-ish is when you start going, man, I, I really want to play this, or I really want to do this. You know, both of my sons, my oldest son, I thought would have been an amazing athlete. He's six foot two. Uh, when he was in high school, he was 230, 240 pounds, um, mostly muscle, you know, a little bit of baby fat, but mostly muscle. And, you know, he did, he, he wasn't as focused on sports. He enjoyed show choir, which is something else I did. Mm-hmm. My youngest son, um, who's now a senior, never really cared about sports at all. It was something that dad did to bring in money. It was dad going to work. Right. And they also, show choir, wonderful, uh, just got done with a play, wonderful lead in the Adams family as Gomez. And they both thought I was disappointed. I'm like, this is, you know, yeah. passion is passion. Right. You're yeah. enjoying this. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? So I yeah. just think it's funny. You don't see people lining up outside of a theater, <laughs> you know, and screaming at each other, my son should have been Gomez, right. not yours. And you know what a what a terrible director we right. have. I mean, it's little yeah. misplaced importance. Yeah, uh, Ted, it was, uh, I, and Victor, it was my second go around with uh, my youngest child. That's when I learned, you know, if you're going to be an artist, be be a great artist, mm-hmm. and I'll cheer you on if you don't want to play softball or. You know, whatever you want to do, I, I'm still going to cheer you on. But there's no official to yell at. Yeah. So. It, it, it's crazy. Um, when when my sons did show choir, and I, again, I was, little known fact here, I was a singer and dancer uh, as well. And all of, in my, during my class, you know, my... my Bust young, a couple notes out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did sing the national anthem one time oh, okay. awesome. at, at a game when the thing miss played now it's been a long time since <laughs> i sang and singing is like a muscle if you don't do it all the time <laughs> okay. not quite as good. Yeah. but um but we did this you know uh, you go to the show choir events and the show choir groups come in they perform then they sit and watch the next the next group and yeah there's judges back there and you get placement but it's a totally different atmosphere. You you kind of are all in it together, and you like seeing the improvement from another school. And now I will admit, I still wanted their riser to break, and I wanted to win when I was doing it. But at the same time, you know, it was just neat to see all these kids perform. I wish there was a little bit more of that in sports, but it's not going to happen, right? We always have a winner and loser, right? And. I get that. I get that parents are really involved, and they really they really treasure their kids, and that's an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't see where that translates into chasing officials to their car. True, true. Um, <laughs> or 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 worse yet, I've seen people get arrested because of the things they've done, mm-hmm. and I feel like just stopping them, going, "Man, is this really that important to you? You're you're willing to maybe lose a job, maybe mm-hmm. you know." Go to jail for a, a ball game that that it's not the state championship, or or maybe it is the state championship of you know this youth organization, but it's really just another trophy. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've bought those plaques 
They're ten bucks. Uh huh. Conrad <laughs> yeah. knows about that. Yeah. Uh, and that's like you said, you know, at, at some of these kids at the age they're at, you know, they don't remember. They're not going to remember tomorrow what happened. Mm. And that's you know, we try to tell kids that you know, no college recruiters going to ask you what you did when you were ten years old. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> because I think I peed my pants on the field. I'm fairly certain I did. Those kids will remember who their coach was. Because usually whoever volunteered, especially yeah. in the rec league, whoever volunteered to coach that uh, coach's pitch team, they're really good with kids. Yeah. And, you know, the coaches, and, and you have some experience with this, I'm sure, I've heard from volunteer coaches, you know, coaches in the travel ball coming up, that dealing with the parents is the hardest part of their job. Yep. Teaching the kids is easy. Mm-hmm. The kids want to learn, and if you make it fun, man, they can't wait to get to practice. Right. Yeah. You know, Coach Canales is going to teach us this, that, and that. I coached for a little while, but mm. let's put that aside. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the parents, you know, well, Ben here has been playing with you for almost two days now. Why is he not hitting the ball 400 feet? Uh, exactly. Well, Ben is also five foot one, <laughs> and, and both you and his father are five foot seven. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever met Aaron Judge. He's six nine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a, but, but, but and the, like you said, you know they're not going to remember that ball game. But you mentioned you remember your cousin playing left field mm-hmm. and Doctor Colclosure. The kids are going to remember who was on the team. And like Conrad said, they'll remember the coaches. Yep. But not the, the win or the loss. Or it, It's really interesting to me to look back on the things that I've done, you know, playing slow-pitch softball, playing college baseball, playing semi-pro baseball and all this stuff. And I can, like I said, again, I can still put, point out a couple wins just because they were important. Right. right? You know, oh, we, we got to play one of the first semi-pro games at uh, Parkview Field, and we won. Wow. Okay, I remember. I don't remember the score. Right. But I I remember one of the things that we did for our team, which was mostly college kids from different places, like an all-star college team. Um, But they got to sit in the dugout. And, you know, for a second, even those college kids who were, were, you know, obviously a a higher level of baseball player looked around and dreamed. Uh Uh-huh. You know, this is what it would be like. You know, we had a pretty good crowd, and, and this is a while back. We had like 500 people show up to watch us play. Mm-hmm. And these kids, I mean, I remember uh, Bryce Murphy and, and Austin Great. These are names you probably have no idea, but they might listen. And I remember those guys looking around and just thinking to themselves, you know, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. This is it. I, I, if nothing else happens in my life, this has been pretty good. Now, thankfully, both of those guys have done gone on and done lots of good things, but it was neat to just see that look. And even the umpires, and, and, you know, let me circle that all the way back to us. There's times when, um, okay, my first game, strangely enough, at Texas A&M, it was the biggest stage I'd been on at that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the umpires walked over to me and said, okay, it was the second inning. <laughs> he comes over, and he, his name's Brian Crochet. He's out of uh, Louisiana. He goes, okay, Victor. Pick your mouth back up because <laughs> you're catching flies. I know this is the biggest stage. Man. You belong here. Chill out. No, yep. Okay. You yeah. know, and then I got to get back to doing my real job. Right. But there's so many neat things that happen on the field. It's, it's 
it's awful that we have to start talking about kids kids and the distractions outside of that, you know? Yeah. Because it's such a good thing. It's so much fun to be out there. First and foremost, they're kids. Yeah. They, they, they want to learn. They're there to learn. Uh, you, people lose sight of everything, and then it turns into a focal point of who am I going to blame for that close call? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, you're not, he, he's supposed to enforce the slide rule. He's, and he didn't do it. <laughs> and that cost us the game. I, I am, I am shocked and amazed at how many rules I don't know in my profession. I mean, I've been told how, how many times the, the hands are part of the bat and I've yet I've gone to Dick's Sporting Goods multiple times trying to find a bat with hands attached to it. <laughs> um, ties go to the runner, and, and I've you know went over to a fan and said, "You're right, not a tie though," and then walked away just to see what they would say. <laughs> uh, there, there's just all these different things, and I'm going. I study the rules mm-hmm. because, unlike other officials, this is really my job, my life. Right. But that fan who hasn't opened a rule book and really doesn't even know where to, to look in a, for a rule book <laughs> knows everything more than me. I actually, and, and I, it's, a, it's a challenge to stay in shape, right? Like, we're all, we're all challenged at Especially our age to stay now. in shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ted looks a little thinner than me and you, but that, I, I like food, so maybe Ted yeah. doesn't. I'm just going to hold it like that. <laughs> um, but, you know... When people are in the stands, especially like at soccer matches, I, I've told one person, you know, we, we wear those little things once in a while to tell you how many. In a high school match, I usually, a boys' high school match that's pretty good, I run five miles and I work every night of the week. Man. I'm not in shape to do five miles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do it and I'm not sprinting the whole time, obviously, but right. I, I want to tell some of these people. Come out here and try it. Uh-huh. Give yep. it a shot. Don't even blow a whistle. Just mirror me the whole time mm-hmm. and see if you can do it. Because you're going to lay down at halftime and die. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> and that's true. That's. I'm sure you probably don't have as many people getting on you being a soccer official. Soccer is the worst. Is it? Really? Because I stand there. I'm quiet because every t- I've tried learn the rules and every time i think i know what offsides is <laughs> I well i mean wrong. that's the way i feel when i watch hockey <laughs> i will say i watch hockey first off i think you're hispanic like me yeah. ain't no mexicans playing hockey <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't yeah. have a winter olympic yeah. team I, I tell people that all the time we we don't like ice <laughs> uh, it's, I, I do not like the cold i don't but, like but i show up because i think yeah. they're gonna fight and it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. um but when we do soccer, right, uh, one of the things that I, I think is funny is that soccer fans don't understand there's an um, advantage rule. So to, to put it in a, a perspective that most uh, Indiana people know, imagine if somebody got fouled at midcourt in a basketball game, but they had a breakaway dunk. If it were soccer, we'd just go, ignore the foul, go ahead, let them dunk it. That's the rule in soccer. We can allow them to be fouled, and if we think they have a shot at a goal, we let it go. And up to four seconds later, I could still go, okay, there's no advantage. Blow my whistle and bring it all the way back to where really? I am. Really? Wow. And people don't know that. 
Now, I will say this. That, uh, I'm going to call out a very cool fan base, and that is the Wabash soccer fans. They were literally asking me questions in between stoppages because they didn't know, and they wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really one of the most cool group of fans I've ever seen. They stopped me and said, we think we understand, but we know she got fouled here, and then she scored. So you didn't call that because you let the goal go, right? Yeah, it's called advantage. When you see me wave both hands up and say, play on, that's advantage. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to need you to email me. Because <laughs> my daughter plays soccer, and I need to know. <laughs> it, 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 and, and the sad thing, though, when people watch soccer, again, just using the Indiana mentality of a foul in basketball is almost always a foul right now. Mm-hmm. As you get to be a more advanced official, even in basketball, you, we've started to learn to play advantage. That's why it's starting to be a little more physical. Um, it's not a technical um, thing that we say, okay, we're going to play on, but we talk about what's called a patient whistle. Mm-hmm. If there's a shot and we can keep the game moving and there's flow and there's no problems and we don't feel the temperature of the game going in basketball – we just keep, you know, let's just keep playing. The flow is happening. We're not yep. gonna, we're not gonna call that little ticky tack foul. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, going back to soccer, most fans think the minute you get fouled, you got to have a whistle. Well, there's goals, goals that are scored in a good, high, uh, good, high, good soccer match. You know, it's two to one. If they got a breakaway, I don't want to take away that what could be two to one instead and send it on by calling a foul just because yeah, she got kicked a little. It happens. Mm-hmm. You got a goal. Go, 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 go. Huh. You know, so that's that's, that's awesome to know. <laughs> You're yeah. shaking your head. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. You're Hispanic, man. <laughs> You're supposed to know soccer. <laughs> I watched a lot of boxing in, in my defense. Yeah, my, my grandpa always had boxing on. So. It's funny, though, and I'll tell you this. When soccer first came in to be in an IHSAA sport, there was a athletic director who asked me to be a coach for soccer. And I said, what makes you think I know anything about soccer? And the look that came over his face, I said, because I'm Hispanic, I, I, you think we play soccer all the time. And he goes, I've seen your family do it. I went, that's true, we did, but that's not the point. <laughs> you just assume. Oh, yeah. uh, he was, he's a good dude. It was funny. Oh, yeah, you probably put him on the spot. There, yeah, right? oh, I'd like to make people yeah. feel uncomfortable because yeah. it's it's it, it brings out a true answer from them, you know. Yeah. Well, I really just thought it, yeah, because most Mexicans play soccer, right? <laughs> no, most Mexicans don't live in Indiana. Yeah. And, and this particular Mexican that you're looking at, when he goes down to Texas, gets talked Spanish to, and he finds out how Caucasian he really is <laughs> because I don't know Spanish. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I know. Them, I know enough to get me in a lot of trouble. I don't even know enough to order food. <laughs> they they make fun of me. Is, is when I land at the Houston airport or the Dallas airport and I start trying to order breakfast burritos, they just look at me and go, "You you're not putting any salsa. You're not putting any." I, no, I just want egg and steak and maybe. A, and they go. And the look on yeah. their face when they hand me my food, like, you're a traitor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, now I want to go back. Because okay. you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, you're on the base pass and you have a player talking to you. you know, mm-hmm. So you gain a little weight or whatever. You know, how many times? They're we, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> how many times are we watching on TV and you see 
the first baseman and a runner talking. You're like, what? I wonder what they're talking about. Or you see it between innings, the umpire and a player talking. It's like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just, just listen to them conversations. At the highest level, we are supposed to not engage in conversations. Okay. And I try not to. But I'm a friendly and funny guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had a I've had a, a six-foot-two first baseman from a certain university in that has a cardinal as a mascot, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Tap me on the head and go, "How you doing, little guy?" <laughs> and, and and she was right because I was only up to her waist. And I, but you know, I mean, the, like I said, the kids they they talk about all sorts of things. You yep. know, hey, it's a great day out here, man. I'm just happy to be here. And and the funny thing, right, like. You see some of these atmospheres that these kids are in, and I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago the uh, James Madison catcher uh, took her own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I always think to myself, especially since then, I'm going, and these kids are under so much pressure. If they want to smile and say something to me about how it's a beautiful day out, and I'm just happy to be here. Who am I to take that away from? Right, yeah. that mm-hmm. sometimes gets me in trouble with some of my assigners. Because they're going, why are you talking to them? Because they talk to me, mm-hmm. and they're smiling. And, you know, I mean, I know that could still get me in trouble later on. They might, well, you know, all that smiling you did, you can't get any calls, right? Okay, fine, <laughs> that, that's fine. But, man, to see some of the, 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 the atmosphere that these kids are working in, you know, maybe, maybe that's the other thing we should tell these, the parents, you know, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Because getting to the Division One level and playing at the University of Kentucky or the University of Notre Dame, and I'm not picking on those colleges. I happen to know those coaches, and they're great people. Okay, but they put that pressure on themselves. They feel the pressure of man. We're on TV all the time. My whole family knows I'm playing at. North Carolina or Rhode Island. I mean, you know, whatever school you want to use. And you got to go to school. And you got to have a life after softball happens. And, you know, just like us as officials, maybe the soup was warm or cold this morning. Maybe the coffee came in wrong. You know, maybe your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend dumped you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you still got to go out there and perform. Right. It's so hard. It's the mental so health yeah. aspect of it. it, it yeah. I, I think, and, and I'll pull this back and go. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't let you ask a lot you're of questions. Fine, I just fine. start yeah, going off. Going <laughs> man. This is perfect. No, yeah. um, to pull it back to officials. You know, this is something. Uh, I did get divorced eight years ago. Eight, nine. I don't know. I lost track. Um, but I had to referee not only two days after I got served with the papers, but for the rest of the year as we were going through that. And it was a very difficult time for both me and my ex-wife. We get along wonderfully now. Okay. But um, it was not the easiest thing to do to go down the floor. It was basketball season and concentrate on, you know, I think the first game I remember doing was Wayne and Bishop Lewis boys basketball. You know, and I remember it just because obviously it was it was a marker in my life. And I mean, you you walk out there, you got a hole in your chest, you know. Oh my gosh, I have kids. What are we gonna do? The house is gonna go. Uh, and the coach is going, Victor, you're not seeing that hand check. 
No. <laughs> As a matter of fact, no, I'm not seeing anything. But people don't think about that. Yep. You know, and when you think about not just us as officials, but again, going back, you got kids. There's so much pressure on those kids for that. I guess I, we're not going to solve the world right now, right? No, not everybody's. Everybody will listen to me and then say, okay, but you still missed that call. There's going to be a couple people that do that. Right. But if we can change a couple people to realize, hey, you know, everybody's human. This is part of the human experience. Maybe we should change it a little bit. Maybe that'll help. But I don't think people understand that, right? Like when you get assigned to officiate, a, let's just say high school basketball, there's only three officials that are going to show up to do that game. One of us is sick, which happens, mm-hmm. or you had a bad burrito, which I've had at Taco Bell. <laughs> White white Mexican food. <laughs> I love Taco Bell. <laughs> Every once in a while, I can't. I love I love steak gorditas, man. <laughs> but but you know it doesn't sit right. Now you have two guys who are working with you, who are counting on you to be your best, and you know a thousand people who showed up. And you're hoping, you know, you're taking little steps to try and hold your butt cheeks together. Oh man, I mean it's. People don't realize that stuff, but it all is part of it, you know. I've had that happen before with draft beer, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was listening, um, and and you guys may know this uh, artist, Ice-T. Yeah. Um, My sons know because they hear it, but there's a song he does, and I was actually listening to it on the way over here, um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Infamous, and he talks about all the stuff that people don't see behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. right? Like. If you come to if you come to a game that I'm doing in Division One softball, you see me walk out there, you see me in my new uniform. Okay. They don't realize I had to buy one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I had to buy ten new pieces of apparel. Um six shirts, two jackets, three pairs of pants, brand new shin guards that I had I, that I purchased myself. Um all this stuff. So I, I put 700 bucks into that just there. Okay. Um, they don't realize that some of the things that the coordinators say to us is, hey, you have to be TV ready. What they mean is not fat. <laughs> okay. So every time I, and I happen to love gummy bears, it's my vice in the world. Gummy bears. <laughs> I like and gummy MMPs. worms. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to, every time I pick one of those up, I go, I'm going to have to go run a mile <laughs> just to keep my job. Um, you know, I like I told you guys, I, I had just got done this weekend with a series in Philadelphia. My son had senior prom while I was in Philadelphia. I didn't get to see it. He They took tons of pictures for me, but this is dad's job, and this is how I paid for the tux and right. for his rental car yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he understands that. But, you know, there's another piece of the puzzle that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm away from my family. Drive nine and a half hours back after a doubleheader on – Sunday where I got hit here, here, once in the cup, and, and once over here. Just got lit up in a five-inning game. And, I mean, to the point where one of the fans actually said, man, you you need to take a break. <laughs> Did they change that catcher out? No, it wasn't her fault. Oh, wasn't I really it? wanted to be mad at her. I really did. And she's like, Blue, I'm trying. I'm like, no, you're stopping a lot. That's a You're doing an amazing job, but it's, you know, foul ball just – Oh, okay. luck, yeah, luck yeah, of the yeah. draw that I was yeah. getting nailed. 
drive yeah. nine and a half hours back, got back at two o'clock in the morning, took a four hour nap, drove down to Indianapolis, did a conference championship game, two actually two games. Um, you know, I quite honestly, put all the energy out I had on the plate for the first game because I knew that was the most important game. If, um, and I'll just use their names, if Taylor won, beat Marion on their home field, they got to go to the national tournament. Mm-hmm. If they lose, you know, the, it's the end of the season, which ends some kids' careers. Right. So yeah. I'm not going to give them any less than my, my best. So I'm there doing that. I'm hungry. Um, I'm, I'm exhausted, and I know I still have another game after it, you know. Uh, so I get that done. I, I'm, I'm dead on the field on the next game. But I, I did my job, thankfully. The game went well, no problems, blah, blah, blah. I come up here. I got my oil changed because I just now realized I'm about 5,000 miles over my <laughs> oil change. Got that change. Came over here to talk with you guys because I, I, I wanted to be a part of this because I think it's important for people to, to hear the perspective of an official. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm going to go home from here, drive an hour back home, take a couple hours nap, go in the morning uh, to my orthopedic doctor, get a shot in my knee, and then drive 11 hours to go do another conference championship in Virginia. You know, this is what officiating is. Mm-hmm. And people expect me to be perfect every single time right. I walk at out the, there. At the highest level. Yeah. NCAA. And, and now, we now now, but I think it's even harder to be, like you say, like a youth official. Mm-hmm. Because you got to go to a real job. Mm-hmm. And you've got to answer to, you know, you might not like your boss. You might be the boss. You might love everything about your job. Very few of us do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you do all that. You have stress. You know, you've got kids. All these things you got to do. And now, I'm not making a living doing this, but I'm going to sacrifice my time with my family to go stand on the field for you and your kids. Mm-hmm. A ma- I mean... Those people sacrifice more than I do because I'm making a living. Right. Anyone who goes out and does, you know, the youth sports, they're giving up their time for basically, you know, a, a full tank of gas at this point. Right. Pretty much. And we still expect them to be perfect. <laughs> well, of course. See, I, I see you smiling going, yeah. wow, I never looked at it like that. The, yeah, the, the expectation is so, oh my gosh, it's beyond... Uh, they basically think, you know, you need to have 98 correct calls out of 98. Mm-hmm. You can't have one missed call. And it, it it's usually the last call. Yeah. That call cost us blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you made 10 errors. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That call was very close. And by the way, Instant Replay said I was right. But you lost by two and you made 10 errors. Really? You know? Um, but that's that. I say all that. It sounds like I'm trying to encourage people not to become officials. But man, it's, it, to me, it's been the greatest gift I've ever had. My father, it was, for me, it was time on the field with my father mm-hmm. when he was an umpire. Um, I've met some of the greatest people in the world officiating, not just in softball, basketball, soccer. I mean, just. So many good people. I've met some pretty not good people, too. You know, I'm just like any walk of life. But I know now, even though I didn't make millions of dollars like the uh, Major League Baseball umpires did or do, you know, I have friends all across the country. If, mm-hmm. I, if my car breaks down in California, I can call Bobby Martinez. He'll come get me. doesn't matter where it's at. 
You know, um, if I'm in Utah, I can call Roger Park. If I'm in Arizona, I got Russ Olson. Um, you know, if, if I'm in Florida, Lisa Pierce will drive anywhere to come get me. And then she'll take me out to eat because she owes me a milkshake. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't forget, Lisa. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the rewards are, are really good to be an official. I just, I mean, I, I, I don't know. What is my point? Is, is my point that I, I enjoy it and maybe that other people would too? Well, <laughs> Ted, Ted I, you, I, you were an official. Yeah. Is it the best seat in the house? Oh, definitely. And, and that's kind of like you're saying. I mean, you know, we try to help the HSAA recruit officials. And, you know, a lot of these people don't realize that that could eventually become a career. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I really work at it and hone my craft, I'm going to get noticed. And you guys get recruited, right? Just like ball players do. And this is the funniest thing, right? Like, so how I got my game, my first college softball game, I had been officiating. I had done high school baseball and softball, um, mostly because I didn't really want to have a real job. <laughs> um, I did have a real job, but I'm like, man, I, I hated my job of showing up at the office and. I was what is called was called a warranty specialist for Fleetwood at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was the first call when somebody had something break on their $200,000 RV. Now, most of the time it was, well, this screw fell out. What are you going to do? I said, I guess I'll send you a screwdriver. <laughs> I, I, I know you've got a lot of money, but you can turn the screw, right? Like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I got out to go officiate. It was my release. It was you know, okay, I can be part of this and have some fun. Somebody from Fort Wayne moved down to Indianapolis and was working in a parks and rec department with Mary Taylor. And she was the assigner for what is the now the Crossroads League. At the mm-hmm. time, it was... Um, what was that? Was it the Midwest? I played it. Mid-Central. Mid-Central, Mid-Central Conference. Yeah, yeah. I played at Huntington. you think I would have known that. <laughs> um, but anyway, and she, need, she needed an official at St. Francis. Um, and this guy said, well, Victor does it. Well, who's Victor? So he gave her my number. And this is when we had the old flip, you know, the Razor cell phones. And so <laughs> this number comes across and, you know, well, let me just flip out my Razor here. I opened it up. <laughs> Hello, you know, <laughs> is this Victor Canales? I think. <laughs> Are you a bill collector? <laughs> you know, and she said, uh, "How far do you live from St. Francis?" And honestly, I didn't really know, and GPS wasn't a thing, so I had to get on MapQuest. We all remember that, uh-huh. right? Yeah. My kids don't believe that ever existed, by the way. <laughs> um, but I typed in. Uh, well, it says I'm 15 minutes away, maybe 20, of, depending on traffic. They said, "Good." There's a double header starting in 10. Can you get there? Double header of what? <laughs> and they go, college softball. Well, I, I've never done a college softball game. Yeah. So can you get there? <laughs> okay. So I went up there and did it. And uh, like I said, I fell in love with softball. Um, and I was a baseball player my whole life. I loved baseball. I still love baseball. But a four-hour game just doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have ADHD, so you got to keep me focused. <laughs> Two hours for a, a fast pitch game was amazing. But anyway, that's how I got started there. Was that the question? Sometimes I wonder <laughs> if my ADHD just takes me off no, the rails. That, that was. Whoa, 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 
are we talking about? I asked, like, I asked you if you guys got recruited as yeah, well. Yeah, so that's how I got yeah, started. See, that's um, but but to go further, Mary saw me work. The coaches told her I was very good. I don't know what that means. I just tried to do the job right. Mary said, "You need to go to a camp." And I said, "What are we talking about? A Boy Scout camp?" Or we, I mean, you know, I like I don't really like camping. For mm-hmm. me, that's a two-star hotel. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am kind of pampered that way. I like Hilton's. Um, but she said, no, you need to go to uh, an officiating camp. What does that mean? So, and at that time, I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, I just lost a job. So she paid for me to go to my first camp. Dang. She paid the $200 for my registration, which I can never thank her enough. Um, and if she listens to this, she's actually, she's retiring from, uh, coordinating and moving to Florida. So well, congratulations yeah, to her. She's yeah. a, she's by far one of the biggest influences ever in my life. So I, I appreciate her to appreciate her. And I can't wait when she gets down to Florida for me to come visit. Yep. But anyway, um, so she paid for that. I, she said, you just have to get out to O'Fallon, Illinois. So I get on MapQuest <laughs> and go. Oh, that's going to be two tanks of gas. <laughs> we strung two tanks of gas together between me and my wife. And I got out there and I didn't know enough to be nervous. So they had all these umpires out there. Um, eight fields, three, uh, six umpires per field. So they had 48 umpires out there. And they talk about, hey, this is what you want to do. This is how we do this. You know, here's some mechanics we're talking about, blah, 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 blah. And I sat there the whole time, you know, kind of the class clown that I am. Yeah, I'm just going to go out there and call balls and strikes. I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about this. Went out there, um, did the game, did my first time doing three-man umpire mechanics, and I didn't mess up, mostly because it just seemed to me like it was intuitive. If the runner's going that way, then I need to have an umpire one base in front of him. Makes sense to me. Everyone else was trying to make it very difficult. I'm just going, just stay in front of the runner. Okay, no problem. We just keep rotating and we stay in front of the runner. Um, at the time, Emily Alexander was watching me. She was the clinician. Um, I didn't know who Emily Alexander was. Emily Alexander at the time was the head of the NCAA softball world. She walked over to me and she said, what is your name? I said, I'm Victor. I said, are you a bill collector? Because that's my common <laughs> response. <laughs> at that time, and it was really true. I, I don't know how much I owe, but I'll, I'll get it to you. Um, but she pulled me to where all the other coordinators were and all the other clinicians said, this guy's going to be a Division One umpire. And then she walked away from me, which was really mean because I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> Nothing like feeling naked in front of people that you're, you know. And I didn't understand what that meant. Um, but I got to meet more and more people. And, you know, next thing I know, they're, you know, hey, we have a tournament at uh, Kennesaw State. And we'd like you to come do that in February. Oh, jeez. Go back. It was probably 19, no, it had been 2002, three, four, something like that. And I went, sure. And then I hung up and went, where's Kennesaw State? <laughs> and I had, I, I had never traveled outside of Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, and Kentucky. Um, Kennesaw State's in Georgia. So I drove, I had to drive down there <laughs> with MapQuest. <laughs> Try and figure out how to get there, you know, and, you know, at that time I'm looking down at my right. paper, uh-huh. you know, and I did my first tournament. And it, it's, it's amazing now because I'm saying this, and I hope I'm not boring anybody with this story. Oh, no. But it's, 
amazing to think that what started out, like I said, trying to make quarters for Pac-Man turned into I've been to Philadelphia, New York, California, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Florida. And I get when I was young, flying was for the rich people. Mm -hmm. And I now have. You know, A-list with Southwest, <clears throat> so it's the discount carrier, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but but I get to go to a lot of airports and, and see things I've never seen. And every time I complain about my job, because I do, it's still sometimes we all have bad days. You know, mm -hmm. I, the, the hotel isn't great. It's, it's, you know, it's a Hampton Inn instead of the uh, Doubletree, and Doubletree gives me a cookie every time I show up, so I <laughs> really like Doubletrees. Um you know, but every time I complain, I try and remember that I never expected any of this, you know. And then I try, like, I was actually going to try, if I would have got my oil change done fast enough, I was going to try and come watch, like, if Eastern would have had a uh, softball game, I was going to try and come watch those umpires and talk with them and just try and encourage them a little bit. That's awesome. Um, because, you know, maybe they don't know what they can do. Right. I'm not special. I'm chubby. I'm short. I'm very fuzzy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish, I, I've told people this before, I wish I could say I'm uniquely talented, but I'm really not. It's something that I, I was taught and other people in, invested in me. So my job yeah. is to invest back in them. You've got to have some kind of thick skin, though, right? Well, I have been married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. She's wonderful. So I, I shouldn't say that. Um, what's what's the funniest? Because th there are some some really, you know, there's some really mean people that shout things from the stands that are just just could make you cry. But there's some guys that the, and ladies that are that are pretty funny. What's the funniest heckle you've ever heard? Um, well, there was a player, a a, a female basketball player. And I want to say it was Taylor High School. I feel like it was Taylor. But it was one of the red and white schools in this area. I, I, I know it wasn't Mississinawa, um, but I think it was Taylor. But the girl had seen me a few times as she was coming up the ladder. And she'd always talk to me. She was just a friendly kid. And, you know, I, hey, you know, during AAU, I'd fist bump her. And she was, you know, nice girl. Her senior year... I'm pretty sure it was her senior year because I think that's why she thought she could get away with it. I called a foul on her, and she tried to act like she was mad. When we were lining up to shoot the free throws, she goes, how do you spell Victor? You know how to spell Victor. She goes, how do you spell it? I said, V-I-C-T-O-R. And she goes, oh, yeah, Victor with one eye. <laughs> and she turned, and the other players were dying. It's like she had been waiting to say that. And I looked there and said, oh, you're getting three more fouls. Just say <laughs> But she was, you know, I mean – Kid, the kids, like I said, and we've talked about this, if you look at other officials' Facebook pages, and that's because we're all old and we don't use TikTok, um, <laughs> but if you look at our fa Facebook pages, you'll see officials scattered with pictures of players they've seen grow up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Keegan Rothrock is one of the best pitchers in America right now. As a high school, I think she's a junior. But I remember when Keegan was 10 years old. And I gave her an NPF pro softball that I had in my bag from an NPF game that I had done. And I signed it said, hey, keep dreaming big. And I gave it to her. And the girl treasured it, right? 
Well, now she's signed with Florida University. She's one of the best in the world. She's going to be great. And she's, you know, it's not what defines her. If you ever, if you know Keegan, you know, the unfortunate thing when you become something, other people want to tear you back down, right? Mm -hmm. But if you knew Keegan as a person, she's just a great kid all the way around. She's got interests. She she works really hard at softball and and her parents are proud of her and they should be. She's great. But that's not what defines her, right? But I, I look forward to seeing her. You know, that means I don't get to do Florida uh, because I know someone on the team, so I don't want to Okay, do yep. You know, I don't want to put myself in that position. Uh-huh. Um, but she's, it, it's it's cool to see that. And if you look at, I'll call out a guy, Rob Barker. Um, he's a referee from Muncie. But he does a lot of AAU ball as well as high school ball. And he'll constantly, you know, and the kids will want to take pictures with him. You know, I remember you refereeing when I was a sixth grader. You know, mm-hmm. now she's up to his height. And he, he's played at Moorhead State. You mm-hmm. know, he knows that this is all fun and it's you could do some great things with it. But at the end, you're still going to be who you are. Right. And so it's kind of neat to see that stuff. I'll give you another funny one, though, because this happened. Um, this happened at Huntington, strangely enough. Uh, a girl, a female... I'm not sure if she was a wife, but she was very attractive. And there was a basketball game. And she continued to scream at me. And she knew my name. Just every play up and down the up and down the court. Just canalis, blah, blah, blah. And in the third quarter, she said, I want to see you after the game. I turned and looked at her and said, I will go wherever you tell me to see you. <laughs> she sat down and the guys around her started laughing. And I'm going, I didn't know if that was an offer. I I I I, I can only afford coffee, but I'll go. <laughs> all right. Give us an example of uh, a coach who was really all over you and you have to be face to face with this coach. hmm Okay, so you so you want to know how I handle it? Yeah. Well, honestly, so this is something when I teach uh, officiating, I try and tell everybody, I said, if you go nose to nose with somebody, that's a fight. And I don't ever want to fight a coach. I'm kind of fragile um, and short. So most coaches would beat me up <laughs> and I don't want to do that. So when they come to talk to me and they get right in my face I try and always turn and get shoulder to shoulder and keep looking forward with them. And it's funny because people who have seen me do it, um, and, I'll, and I'll call out Anita Robinette from Missouri, she saw me do it in Mexico when we were doing the uh, Puerto Vallarta Challenge. She goes, I don't know how you got that guy to walk back. I said, easy. He wanted to talk, right? Yeah. So I get him side to side, right? Yeah. And then when we're standing shoulder to shoulder, after he made his point, I started to walk as I was talking back towards his dugout. Well, he wanted to make sure he I heard his point, so he continued to walk with me. And this was a coach from the University of Washington. So we're walking, and, we, and I said, well, coach, I th- guess we're going to have to agree to disagree, as he was in mid-step. So as he was in mid-step, all of a sudden I turn and just sprint away. <laughs> and now he's standing there going, because ah! <laughs> he did he, he, couldn't catch up with me and he was already heading towards his dugout and he knew well if i turn around and go back victor's gonna throw me out right yeah oh <laughs> <He just laughs> went into his dugout. and anita goes that is so cool 
Now, I've tried that with my wife. <laughs> it didn't go so well because she knows what I'm doing. So as I get side by side, she goes, you stand in front of me. We're going to have a fight. <laughs> you stand right where I can see you. Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no it's... Well, uh, we're at the point in our show where Mr. Uh, Williams here has a little. Call it rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to shoot you off some questions real quick. You just give me the quickest answer you can think of. First thing come to your head. <laughs> G- gummy bear, chocolate. No. <laughs> Wait, you know I like to eat, right? Have we brought that up? Well, yeah. That, we know that Lisa owes you a milkshake. So yes. If you learn, Lisa, she does. Lisa, you make so sure does he Jerry gets Llewellyn, too. Okay, Jerry, there you go. We've got two of them. Mint chip, right? No, strawberries. <laughs> chocolate peanut butter. Those are pretty good, too. <laughs> you need to go to Sophie's before you leave town. I, you know what? I usually do that after Mississippi game. Do you? I haven't, I haven't got to do a Mississippi game in a very long time. I have to get on their case. Right. Anyway. All right, go ahead. All right. Easiest sport for you to officiate? Volleyball. Okay. Now you're, you're cooking out. You want a burger or a brat? Burger. Okay. Uh, your drink of choice, beer, water, soda? Uh, water. Okay. Best high school athlete you ever seen? Not just Indiana, wherever. Best high school In athlete I've ever seen. I know there's too Rap- many of them. Rapid fire. Wow. That's, <laughs> well, the best athlete I ever saw in person was probably Deshaun Thomas from Bishop Bluegrass. Yep. yep. Okay. In person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then let's jump up to college. One of the best college athletes you've ever seen. Best college athlete I've ever seen is Odyssey Alexander. Okay. That's she, she was she, the, the James Madison pitcher that took him to okay. the NCAA mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, because what people don't know about her is then she, when she played for the Pride, which is the pro fast pitch team, they had so many injuries that Odyssey went out and started playing third base and hitting, and pitchers don't do that. Right. And she went out and started playing and hitting against the Olympic teams from Mexico and Wow. And Canada, and nice. I'm going, wow, <laughs> was there anything you yes. can't do? She goes, dance. I, I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> right. Other than, your, other than your father, who's been the biggest influence on your career? My kids. Okay. Sweet. Uh, Sweet. Because without them, I wouldn't have kept doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. That's, I'll come back to that one afterwards, if you don't mind, because well, I want to explain that a little okay. more. Okay. What's your favorite sport to watch on TV? I don't watch any sports. You, say, you don't have time, do you? So this is what I told somebody. You're officiating them. How many secretaries you don't go home and type for fun? That's true. <laughs> I guess you're on the field record all day. You know? The biggest problem is I love to go watch baseball because I like to be in the stadiums, mm-hmm. but then end up watching the umpires and I get mad yeah, at myself uh, and I yeah, leave. Five. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting paid to be here. I've, I'm out of here. I, I found that. do that myself. You're... You're critiquing the officials instead of watching the game. Which, I'm, I'm always hard. trying to pick up something. Uh, I actually, I watched, um, recently I went to a Cincinnati Reds game because somebody gave me some free tickets, and I watched Laz Diaz um, do third base. And I noticed that one of the things he did was he was kept turning his left foot. He was at third base. He kept turning his left foot out. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized he is, Laz is, um, 
a little bit bigger than he was when he was a rookie, I'm sure. But what he had done is it had opened him up a little bit more, so it gave him another split second to react before he moved. And I went, I'm getting older and chubbier too. Maybe I should start doing that. And so now I'm working on doing that. I'm working on moving my really? foot out a little bit. See that? <laughs> He's watching the guy's feet too. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. That's, that, yeah, everything that's, has footwork. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I tried at one time to play quarterback in my life and realized that I wasn't very good at that. But they always talked about footwork, and you know, yep. you know, you being a football referee, you've seen it. Okay, you step. You know, there was timing on how your feet worked, faking a pitch and turning around, giving an inside handoff. Yep. So I try and think of those little things that will help me. You know, behind the plate. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, I'm sorry, I interrupted your rapid fire, but oh, now, no. now I'm on a tangent. Here we no, go. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I was actually talking with one of the umpires today. He he is a six foot seven umpire, and we talked about they used to want us to get our eyes to the top of the strike zone. And I said some of the hitters were five foot one. There's no way for him to get there. So how do we do that without having you bend over at the waist and look down on the pitch? Uh-huh. So we started talking about how. Spread your legs out a little bit more. Drop your butt. Use your knees um, to spread down. And don't worry about getting the top strike zone, but you can get lower without having to change the way you look. So there's things, and this is really nerdy, and I know that because I've been told that by more than one person that I study it that hard. But I try and look at all the different angles of the way your head sits when you're umpiring. So if I drop my butt and my head stays, you know, I guess with my chin parallel to the ground, the ball doesn't change planes except for when it's rising or dropping. But if I drop it so that my eyes start pointing towards the dirt, now a drop ball drops even further, and that low strike suddenly becomes a ball because I think it's down at the ankle. So all those little things, and maybe I study it too hard, but those are the things that I do. I, whenever I start feeling like I'm, I miss a pitch, I start checking things like that. And when other umpires ask me to watch them and we talk about that, that I'll take pictures and I say, look at, your, look at where your head is. Look at how your body stands. Um, I try and stay in good shape so I can do it the whole time. But most people who are doing high school have a real job and mm-hmm. maybe they don't stay in the greatest shape. And I say, okay, so if you're bending over at the waist or worse yet, you keep bending your knees so much that they're going down to that deep crouch. You've seen umpires do that mm-hmm. where they're almost like a catcher. And I go, what do you think is going to happen in the fifth inning when you get tired? You start to stand up. Uh-huh. And now as you stand up, now your eyes drop like that, and now you start missing the low pitch. There goes your strike zone. <laughs> that's, no, that, that, that's cool. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. just a right – now, now let me ask yeah. you about, okay, if you're training somebody on how to umpire behind a plate. Okay, you, you were just talking about head angle and everything, mm-hmm. but – and of course, in softball, you know, you use your catcher's probably shorter. So, mm-hmm. Kristen Sandberg's pretty tall. <laughs> so, uh, is your chin going to be uh, above her helmet? Or because I see some guys go to the side. Well, what I what I tell people is, we've all well, most of us have seen the portrait picture of the of the husband and wife. Right? Mm-hmm. You have the the wife who is in the middle of the frame, and her chin is up. And the husband is off of a shoulder with his chin about eye level and beside her. If you can find that spot on either side, you can see over her shoulder and see the whole plate. Okay. 
right? Uh-huh. So I try and get them to say, imagine you have the frame around you and you're trying to make that picture. Because if you drop your head below her, now the picture, you're, you're cut off by her helmet. Mm-hmm. If you're up too high, well, you're out of the frame and now you have to look down. Yep. Okay. No, that's, go, that's goofy, yeah, I know. No, that's, no, I mean, <laughs> I love this insight. It's, yeah, it's... I, you, I wouldn't have thought of it. When, no. when I tell people, okay, one of the things, since you're asking about it, um, I tell people, when you call somebody safe, where is your arms? And everybody goes, what do you mean, right? You know, I just put my arms out. And people do that, right, where their, fan, their hand, they got jazz hands. And I said, okay, so now it looks like you're going, I don't know. I said, but if you tuck your thumbs, your fingers come together. And if you turn it, like this, now suddenly you've become a T, and if you can get your arms straight out at shoulder level, you look authoritative. Mm-hmm. And what I find, and you, and now you'll see this, yeah. now that you're watching a youth yeah. game, you'll see your uh, umpires tend to make a signal and then collapse back down. Mm-hmm. They'll go, safe, and bring their hands back right. down. And look at what my shoulders do. They come together, and all of a sudden I look like I'm scared. And so I tell them, if you can get your arms out and stop with your thumbs folded underneath your hands and stop for a split second and then put your hands straight down, now my shoulders are out and my chest is up and I look like I'm confident in the call. Right, yeah, I agree. It, it doesn't make a yeah. big difference, but it might make a big difference in that fan or that coach like, wanting yeah. to come out and talk mm-hmm. to you about the yeah. call. True. Yeah. All right, now you said you want to go back to your kids. Yeah, um, so one of the... Again, and I, I apologize for saying this, but one of the bad things about officiating is, you know, I've missed a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. To do the, what I've done, I've missed a lot of things with my kids, but they were a big influence on it because as I came up and they got to tell their friends, hey, dad's on TV tonight. Uh-huh. You want to watch? No. Um, <laughs> but it kept it kept me driving um, you know, to do the things that I do and to try and reach higher levels because I kept thinking about the fact that, you know, they were proud of what I did. They didn't necessarily right. want to do it, but they were proud of what I did. You know, the, everybody should be proud of their parents because especially the day after Mother's Day, we all need to recognize that our moms put up with a lot and wiped our butt. True. And that's not much <laughs> fun to do. Um, But... You know, whenever my kids could tell people, hey, you know, where's your dad at? Well, he isn't. He didn't get to be here, but, you know, he's in Coastal Carolina working a tournament on, on ESPN. You know, it made, him, it made him feel pretty good. Now, the flip side of that is I will also say, you know, they don't they, – there's times when we've had to have talks about why dad isn't at an event. Um, they're 22 and 18 now, so it's not quite the same. Right. But, um, you know, they were such a big influence, and, and I felt like those two and, and my wife were all, you know, just such, so supportive of everything I'd done mm-hmm. and, and continue to be. That's good. That it's, it, it keeps me, when I'm tired and when I know I'm, I've had a bad game or, or had some decisions that I didn't think I maybe made the best decision as far as officiating, you know, it's kept me centered on where I, where I belong and who I'm doing it for. Good, good. You know, so that's a great answer. 
Did I did I finish the rapid fire? I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll add one more. Okay, give me a couple of dates where you're going to be on ESPN so we can mark that down and watch. Say, well, on see, now, here's the funny thing: this is the end of the season, you right? Get, yeah, um, it's coming up tourney time, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't know if I'll get a a, a, a regional this year. I know I've been nominated, um, so hopefully I will. Uh, I will be doing. The MEAC conference tournament in Norfolk, Virginia, this week. Okay. Uh, when when is this going to air? Is this this will air uh, maybe. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Mute. This will this will air uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. So yeah. So tomorrow morning, uh, I'll be at third base on the first game. I don't. I don't think they're on ESPN. One, I think we're on ESPN three or ESPN plus. Okay, um, but I will have three games in the MEAC conference championships. Uh, so one game a day. Uh, I'm getting paid very well for that. I, I won't throw out the number because that's not smart to do, <laughs> but it's it's a pretty good amount. Uh, there will be a lot of pressure because again. Yep. Seniors' careers are ending. Right. Yeah. And and I try and remember that, you know, and it's heartbreaking, but it it's that's the way the game is. But it'll it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to do it. Uh, in the next year, you could probably tune in to the ACC network and see me multiple times. Really? Um, I've been on there this last year multiple times. Uh, being in Indiana kid you know there's certain universities around here that we all wow it's that's the university right it's really weird when you get a check that has that university's name on it i won't use their names because right obviously i'm still doing them but you know it's weird to see that check and take it to the bank sometimes i wanted to circle it and go see where that's from (laughs) (laughs) that's great wait it didn't cash great Oh, no. Bounce like a ball. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, um, if, if you, and, and I, I will also say this, they're right. The cameras add 10 pounds um, when they put them on you. I didn't realize they put five cameras on me every time I was on TV, but they do. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank Victor Canales for coming on. We appreciate you. And uh, this has been a cool conversation. It has. It's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things people throw out at us that yeah. we don't even think about. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to thank Beast Prince. And uh, as always, uh, our beverages are brought to us by. Onan Construction Group for all your exterior home improvement needs. Specializing in roofing, siding, and gutters. Get a professional, quality job done at a competitive price. For a free estimate, call Trevor at 765-661-0689 or go to mononconstructiongroup.com. You've tried the rest, now call the best. Monon Construction Group, LLC. Well, that's it for this episode, Ted. Yep, let's give a shout-out to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. There we Brad go. Brad will take care of <laughs> there you. There you go. And you also got the Gas City Brewery. You need to stop up there and... Say hi to them. Yeah, grab a cold one. Victor, thank you very much. Hey, this I, was great. I appreciate you guys. And I know, uh, though, I guess the last thing I want to say, if I can get it in real fast, mm-hmm. is, you know, 
if you're a parent and you're watching your kid, you know, take it take a second to thank the referees or the umpires because they're trying really hard. None of them go out and want to do a bad job. Mm-hmm. If you encourage them and, and maybe discourage the people around you from being overly critical, you know, we'll get to continue to enjoy these sports. Uh, it's a very, very small window that we have to fit through right now to get more people out there yeah. to do it. And I it's, love that. Yeah, it's that's tough. A great, great Thanks point. for saying that. Man. Great yeah. point. Yes, it yeah. is. All right, everybody, we're out.